Are you doing it on an SD card? Always. Oh. He's smart. Never in my life. Smart guy. I'm into it. What a dude. What's an SD card? Professional. What's an SD card? What's an SD card? I don't like it. Can I have some more volume in my headphones, please, sir? Overall. Yeah. Is that like a storage device or something? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, is that hey. literally Love what it. it stands Thank for? You. Love it and you. Storage disc, I think, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, right. In this episode of Lakeside Drive, we try to figure out what random shit in this studio what do, does, what does CD and what it's what short for. What does stand for, Campy? Compact disc. <laughs> something. Rom. Right. <laughs> right over something. <laughs> Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about DVD? No idea. It's just wow. a DVD. Digital something, surely. Video disc. Digital video disc. That would make sense. Excellent. What does RMW stand for? Just the what's, RM. Yeah, but what's what's his first name and his middle name? Yeah, I don't know. Actually, we can just make that. it up. Nice. Why don't you know? Reginald that? Mike Williams. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's just outright no. It might be right, but no. If we're right, then yeah. <laughs> look at us go, I guess. Uh, cool. Let's just get into it. Hi, everyone. Um, I keep getting told that I shout for the introduction of this no podcast. No shit. So I'm going to whisper <laughs> this. Welcome to another episode Way of Lakeside Drive. Um, it's great to be here, I guess. I'm just going to throw the normal thing out of the window because I'm sick of getting told that <laughs> I'm shouting. You sound like Tom Clarkson, though. You sound like PBS, <laughs> James. whispering at me. sound like Crofty at the start of a race. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to this episode. Uh, we're reviewing the United States Grand Prix. Do that again. That was no, I'm joined. I like that. That was good. By my friends and yours. Uh, we will go in a clockwise direction. Ezekiel Fenn producing the podcast as always. Hello, my friend. Hello, James. Tommy T. Hello. Very good. And Campy. Hello. Are you okay? I'm well. I'm trying to whisper, but like, <laughs> How long my voice you keep is this up? too deep and it just sits underneath. I feel, like, I feel like, are we going to, is Sunday session? This is great. I feel it feels it, like my car map just got broken into by James and so he's trying to infect me with something. <laughs> <laughs> just corrupting me. <laughs> Tommy T. <laughs> it's not LeBron anymore. Hey, Google, can we go to... Oh, I just go to the brewery. Tommy, I don't think you need that right now. <laughs> Maybe go for a run. I do not want that Siri update. No, thank you. <laughs> uh... Fellas, it's good to be back in the studio with you. Um, listener, good to have you here as well. Watcher, nice to have you here as well. Uh, look, the United States Grand Prix, it happened. It was the whole thing. Um, some things have happened before that time, though, that I wanted to go through right up front. Let's talk about Dietrich Massachusetts because I think that's probably the most important part. Yeah. Campy, you were the person who introduced me to the existence of Dietrich, to be honest, because, really? yeah, I, I mean, Red Bull is Red Bull. It's such a big organisation. Yeah. The actual person behind why they got into motorsport, uh, Dietrich Massachusetts, obviously a huge part of not only Red Bull's involvement in Formula One, but World Rally Championships. Seb Loeb, for example, is a Red Bull driver. Carlos Sainz Sr. is a Red Bull driver. That's how he got Carlos Sainz Jr. into the Red Bull team, uh, junior program, rather. He, he is... Involved in so many different things and, and the reason why there's so many legends being able to continue doing cool content and all this amazing stuff is because he had a vision and a passion for racing and wanted to continue it. And I think we've lost such a, a great person from, from all motorsport. Yeah, I think um, I think what, what Dietrich has done, not only for F1 but wider, is he's turned 
He's turned an energy drink that's not really about an energy drink anymore. It's about it's about supporting grassroots and elite, you know, elite athletes across the world, and especially when it comes to that extreme side of sporting. Um, you know, Red Bull is probably more synonymous as a as a Formula One race team now than what it is for the actual drink that's sold worldwide. They go hand in hand, but uh, as a business and an incredible, incredible man. Very supportive of the sport and his athletes too. Goes worldwide. Um, it's a real shame. He's apparently he's been battling this illness for a while, but uh, we celebrate him and what he's done for our sport. But um, yeah, it's a shame. I think these things we don't like them happen, but it is reality sometimes. And uh, it's apparently been well known that it, it was this was coming for a, a, quite a long time, which is a real shame. Uh, really, really, really secretive guy as well. Private guy doesn't like the cameras. Doesn't like to get in the way of what his business and his brands are. Uh, he managed the business out of Austria, had an island in Fiji, which he retreated to when he didn't want to see anyone. So I think that's really good for that guy because, I mean, I mean, you look at our sport and you look at the names in it. For someone to fund it, own two Formula One teams, to have the results that he's had for a very, very long time, um, to shun the limelight and not get in the way of that, I think, speaks volumes to his, to his, uh, to his personality and who he is and how he goes about his daily life. So very sad and, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I would hope that Red Bull continues to do what they do globally with marketing and stuff like that. So, From a content-making point of view, Tommy T, you sit in the design space mm. probably more so than a lot of other people who, who listen to this as well and certainly watching how Red Bull as a content creation company more so than an energy drink company, more so almost than a racing team, uh, has come in the, even the last five years, but wider, 10 years, you think of old mate Felix jumping out of a balloon, Red yeah. Bull, you think of all of, you know, now two world championships of Max Verstappen, the first time since Seb Vettel was driving the car that Red Bull have just clinched that Constructors' Championship such a shame there was only a couple of days after he's you know yeah. the day after he passed away but there is such an amount of content heavy content leaning where they really want people to do cool things like from what i understand especially in the motorsport world and the off-road world if they've got an idea they just go to red bull and go hey we've got this idea they're like cool here you go here's some budget go away and do it and and yeah. that we benefit as the consumer from that yeah, it's it's bizarre that it's evolved, like can't be said, from beyond, which started as an energy drink from someone who found like a unique product and thought it could sell to now. That's ancillary. That just happens to be something that is there. I don't even know if that would even break into like the top 10 of how they generate revenue because there's that many other things that they're doing now yeah. that the brand itself has overtaken how it started. Yeah. But basically, if anyone in the world is doing anything cool, they should have a Red Bull shirt or a hat on is basically the ethos. So we've got like cliff diving. There's there's really unique, interesting things that no one else does. There's parkour. There's people who don't actually compete in a sport. Mm. There's actually a basketballer, lethal shooter, who doesn't play in the NBA or anything, but is just a content creating guy who makes deep three-pointers and is now sponsored by Red Bull doing things on the back of super yachts and shooting off like high rises and things. It's doing cool things will get you a Red Bull sponsorship and that's where they've positioned themselves that everyone knows, okay, if I'm doing something unique and interesting, Red Bull wants a part of it and that is a really unique place to be as a brand and I think that's why they've done so well because it hasn't been done before. Usually it's like, oh, we need to have a tangible reason to be here. Red Bull doesn't care. It doesn't yeah. have to be a logical link. It's What's like, the ROI? It's cool. Is it fun? Are people enjoying it? People are going to get a kick out of watching it. Yep. It's like Ken Block, right? All the Jim Carner series stuff yeah, that yeah. he did. You know, that's a similar kind of vein. I mean, in Jim Carner was, what, 24? 
10 to 14, probably yep. someone will fact And every energy there, drink has followed Red Bull. Yeah. 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 So it's a massive shame. Uh, of course, without Dietrich, we wouldn't have Daniel Ricciardo in Formula One. We wouldn't have had Mark Webber winning as many races as he did it towards the end of his career. Seb Vettel having a championship. Max Verstappen now having two championships. Uh, and it's a real shame. So uh, to the Red Bull family, uh, condolences for that, uh, as yep. you say, hopefully continues on in a good way. Uh, let's move into a little bit more F1-focused news now. Um, some results out of Japan. No real surprises. Crane was on the track, shouldn't have been on the track. Uh, they can't really tell us why it was on. I think someone probably made a local decision trackside. But one of the things that's come out of that is they're not going to have two race directors anymore for the rest of this season. There's one person, it's Niels, who's not the race director I would have picked because <laughs> he really stuffed up DTM at the end of last year. But he, yeah. will, does the re- he will do the rest of the season, which absolutely campy to me makes sense. Yep, they got this one right. Do we need to talk about it anymore? Did Seriously? we not say it from the very start when they decided to have multiple race directors that that was a Silly. bad idea? Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, so that's it. I'm, I'm just pointing I, it out. I presume a, I presume that the role has changed significantly from the amount of the, and the workload Massey had last week last year. Massey didn't just have weekend and racing situations to go through. He went through all the new tracks. He Mm -hmm. made sure all the engineering and the degree angle, the banking on corners, even down to the curbs, they were safe and F1 ready. And he had to manage all that on top of being a race director. And it was just too much work in the end. So I would presume the role has changed. And and someone's taken over that off-track stuff and then someone's purely there for the weekend. The, the deputy race director position still exists, so I imagine some of that has yeah. gone gone in that direction. Uh, let's talk a little bit about driver market news because Logan Sargent has been announced that he is almost the second driver for Williams in 2023. He needs to have a couple more super license points. Uh, seems like a super lovely dude, has to be said, for all of the press activity he did on the weekend. He was incredibly impressed by the car. Of course, he would be coming out of F2. He's currently running third in the championship. Needs a couple more. Needs to finish six, sixth or higher. Uh, but if he does an additional two FP1 sessions, which they're saying he will do, he needs to finish... Uh, sorry, fifth or higher if he doesn't do the FP1. If he does the FP1, he can finish sixth or higher at Abu Dhabi, and that grants him a super license points, will automatically mean that he's a Williams driver for next year. We have been talking about this lust for an American driver. Williams is not the team I thought would actually get there, Campy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we sort of said, and you said in the last couple of episodes, it doesn't seem to be the crop this year in F2 that we've had previously. But Logan Sargent will be, hopefully, if he get, if it's a completely different conversation, if Imagine. he doesn't, if he crashes out in turn one, if someone who really has something against him, like Drogovic, goes, <laughs> yeet! <laughs> now what are you going to do? That is savage. It's, it's uh, could happen. You never know. Uh, but, you know, it, it's good for the US market, though, right? Three races next year. Yep. Texas was huge. It sold out ages ago, Austin. Yep. We've, we had some photos from people on the ground, and shout out to you if you sent it through on Discord as well, Hillary and, and Tara. But... It's good for the sport to have a decent enough American driver. Yep. I took the punt, and I would hope, I don't think he, he's one of these drivers that over like deserves to be on the grid because of pure speed and who he is, but hey, that's the sport we have at the moment. I would, hey, good, he's got his chance, which is better than most people get. So yep. take your chance, grab it by the balls, and, and perform. And if you do, you'll have a long career, and the Americans will love you for it, and you'll be a... Uh, 
a consistent driver on the grid for ten years. So I think I think it's good. I think it's good for the sport. We always used to have this running joke back in the the two thousands era, and uh, you know there was always one Australian in the sport because Melbourne was such a pivotal race and it's so well respected. It's like there had to be one Aussie on the sport. There was all those conspiracies the theories around that. And uh, now we look at it and it's like it's stupid to not have an American in the sport, right? We yep. had. Uh, I think it was Scott's. No, who was it? Oh, I can't remember his name. He's racing in uh, IndyCar. In What's mm-hmm. his name? Uh, Dixon? No, no, I can't. Anyway. No, this is a good segment. Let's just I all could... think. <laughs> Guess of a last name. Just anyway. start a timer. See how long <laughs> it takes. It was, that, it was that Haas's inception they were looking at, but I think it's long overdue and hopefully he performs. So it'll be good. Yeah. Um, be a bit like the Zhou in China next year. We'll realise how big it is. Yeah. Once we get to those American races next year, uh, this next point frustrates me slightly. Ted goes in qualifying, I think. Yeah, quali. So you know everyone that we we're talking about Daniel Ricciardo going to reserve drive next year. It's not Mercedes, it's Red Bull. Everyone loses their mind. This has come out of absolutely nowhere. This has come out of <laughs> T- Ted's parrot, basically in the water park from last year, and his intent on just Are you doing saying weird Ted things. talks guff. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched The Notebook for a very long time, but I had to watch The Notebook this uh, this week because he then said, oh, by the way, at the very end of the show, when they're talking about McLaren, by the way, you know how I said that he was driving for Red Bull? I, I actually meant it was the other way around. It's more likely Mercedes, not Red Bull. I just ignore the other one. And just as a very last-minute sign-off, all right, mate, you can't. In this sport, and what Twitter would be dying sideways, not that I check it, but you can't just say one thing and the other. It's it's like us saying, oh, we know that, you know, I, I don't know, Oscar Piastri is actually racing for an IndyCar team and just saying it time and time again and people go, oh, well, they're Australian. Surely they know something. I know absolutely nothing. Well, you'd hope <laughs> that someone like Ted is informed. Unfortunately, he's not and he was just guessing. But the way he was talking was very factual, unfortunately. like It was pretty, just a pretty big deal. Maybe it was at, at FP3. I, mean, I can't remember. At some uh, point in the broadcast. I think, it, I think it was qualifying that you're right. But it was disappointing. <laughs> so where do we sit on this now? Do we think that it, he's right or do you think that Red Bull is still an option? Is it... Does he know anything? Are we? Do we have any information to further this conversation? Does Sky? Does anyone talk to Sky Sports F One? Legitimately, I don't know. I, I just don't think so. Uh, like outside of like an on-camera interview, I just don't think people are like leaking stuff to them. I I was I was fully prepared to come and have a conversation about Danny Rick going to Red Bull. I thought it was science he would deliver. That's what we mean. Like the way that they're talking is well, very sh- I, shout I mean, out to our Discord server for mate. Does it, did anyone see this with Ted? I'm like, no. Can you please tell me before I launch into this tirade I, on Discord? I heard it? about it because I got news about it. Like I was yeah. reading the paper this morning. It was yep. like the headline was a trash headline. It was Danny Ricardo's flirting with his ex girlfriend, his ex or something? And I was like. So what? you immediately clicked <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I was like, what is this shit? Candy wouldn't have a click. He would get the real paper. Oh, that's a good point. No, I've actually through. got three of them on here. Do, do you, you really? Do you wet the finger when you turn the page? Are you that kind of was, older yeah. gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> on your iPad. Can't read. On the iPad. <laughs> can't read the age anymore. Uh, it's just the Australian. So anyway, I'm getting the, over it. the press conference at the beginning uh, of the race weekend, basically Daniel said... I am with a team for next year. Uh-huh. Uh, it's to try and line me up. This I'm paraphrasing. Try and line me up for something that's actually decent in the future. In 2024, yeah, it's a not plan in place. Right? There's no Williams. There's no Haas in that future because at least he would want to get back to a, being on a podium. Now, who knows what that team is? 
I said to Freya last Friday, depending on what Audi does with Sauber, maybe that could be an Audi Sauber launch in 25, six, you know, if he stays there long enough, who knows? Anyway, it's just, it's happening. Maybe. Can we be buoyant about it? Absolutely not. <laughs> Feelings in the bin. Uh, you know, her house is in the bin. Um, your former CEO waving a flag <laughs> that looks like a robot. Um, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, is the most unenthused flag waver that I have ever seen. <laughs> did not look like he wanted Disgust. to be there, did he? I just... It was very lacklustre. We were watching, I don't know, it was like he was bored and it was hurting his arm and he just wanted to leave. <laughs> it's exactly what it was Both, like. All three true. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So bizarre. Anyway, it was a very, very odd thing. I then later got told that um, this whole Brad Pitt F1 movie thing, which I don't really care about, to be completely honest, um, is he's the executive director or something. I don't know. Please, no, someone some. punch me in the balls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The pain I've we'll experienced. We've got an email, Kirby, and they want you to be a part of We'll be back after this short break. Oh. They want you to be uh, in a movie. Look, there's plenty of really? other things to talk about um, that, but we'll, we'll leave it for now. We'll come back to a couple of those things. Uh, let's do our Discord comment of the week. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. I've actually lost my headphones and I only heard that in my right. I'm just going to do that for the moment. Do you enjoy uh, hearing your own sting in your own voice every time it plays? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's still very good quality. Uh, this is from Ross and it's on Fernando Alonso missing his wing mirror. He says he's halfway towards enabling stroll vision. Which is just having no mirrors at all. But I absolutely love it. It was a very off-the-cuff comment, and I was a big fan of it. So, Ross, very, very well done to you. Uh, oh, very good. I just reach over and do this. <laughs> Let's all talk about what we didn't watch. Because it was a stupid o'clock. Campy, what time did you get up to watch the race? 5.59. I opened the <laughs> lid on my laptop and started streaming it. <laughs> exactly. James. Very good. Literally. And uh, said good morning to Discord at 6 o'clock. You did, yes. That's you you nice. and I both logged on at the same time and then yeah. I never saw you again. <laughs> the rest of the race. <laughs> I said, must have I fell asleep a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, similarly, I think I set my alarm for 5.45 and then inevitably got out of bed at five, like 10 minutes later yeah. going, oh, I need to make coffee and do this at the same time and yep. sat down for uh, formation lap. Yeah, we, we get one race a year plus Melbourne that is actually watchable, don't we? And then we're back to filth, which is the filth. 4 a.m. filth. <laughs> Just not about a day. Uh, uh, yes, cool. didn't watch a lot, if I'm honest, but we That's did. That's okay, I don't think anyone is at this point either. <laughs> nah, is anyone? <laughs> I feel like we've I'm missed something. Zeke's watch. We're just having a moment. So. Okay, no, please. Yeah, no, uh, please, have your own podcast. I you thought guys Zeke was saying he watches for everything else but the race. Yeah. He just likes the way that Sky runs a How's podcast. E- how is FP1? It's good. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot happening other than racing, because we were in Austin, we are yeah. in America. Yeah. Everyone had a different helmet. Everyone was yep. trying to do what Daniel was doing years and years ago oh. with a Texas-themed helmet. With Everyone was talking about steaks, which is frustrating because I'm sure people eat things other than steak in Texas. Yeah. It's – I just – I Maybe don't they like – don't. Hang on. <laughs> okay, sorry. How good, though, is the Star Spangled Banner? What <laughs> Did you watch it? Cracking it. I didn't watch it, but <laughs> – I just, just knew inside you. I just you. know 
the, the Star Spangled Banner gets my feels going. Oh, it's, no, I've missed a scene, which is very patriotic. important to this. I've just realised. Why is it patriotic to you, Campy? Why do you enjoy it so much? Oh, when I was there, I heard the anthem at least three times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised. That's that great. They do this stuff. The, the Yanks do this patriotic I agree. national anthem stuff better than anybody else in the world. There is emotion and feeling when that thing plays. And I didn't watch it last night, but I can assure you it would have been good. <laughs> Donald what a Trump, take. 2024. What a <laughs> America. <laughs> You're a worry. Turn his mic off. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the reason why I interjected is because two weeks ago, and then I probably wasn't here last week, but two weeks ago we promised the good people of Lakeside Drive listenership a reveal of what was tattooed on the inside of your lip. No, we'll wait till next year. Uh, okay. He thought better of it. He said maybe when we get to 1,000 subs on YouTube so you know what you have to do. I'm not, I wasn't even going to mention YouTube. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I got ragged. <laughs> so there you go. We'll do a YouTube clip of Campy's lip reveal when we get a thousand. There you go. All right, cool. That's nothing to do with me. Tommy T is taking that. Boof, there you are. I'll film it you. now and just release it later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologise for interjecting then, uh, but we had Danica Fitzpatrick uh, and we had Jensen Button. Great team. On uh, look, I quite like both of them. There's a whole bunch of people who don't. I think Danica's great because driving NASCAR and IndyCar has an understanding of Coda better yep. than a lot of other people talking sure. about it. The only thing I would say is, Danica, you don't have to step to the person you're interviewing every time. It was quite Not with that attitude. <laughs> it looked like every time. How do you feel about it? <laughs> it was quite. <laughs> Maybe it's just an American thing. It was, it was very much stepping towards closer and closer every time uh, she spoke. But Maybe she couldn't hear, though, to be, to be I fair. I think that was half of Maybe it. Her There's a lot of working. helicopters and other noise going on Can't there. Can't have all good producers like you, mate, within ears. Nah, it's true. I, I think she's great, but if I was to 1% critique her, she could be a bit happier. She could just smile a bit more. Wow. <laughs> that is the worst thing <laughs> that's a that. I have that's a f- ever said. That's really? a three-group three, three group place drop next week. That mate. is – I I even replaced the show some respect with another audio clip we're going to just say. Oh, this is in, insert show some she respect. She looks grumpy all the time. Who cares? Please, you dig look yourself like. further into the hole. Yeah. I'm not uh, digging a hole. I'm out of the hole. I'll put you in the hole, you dickhead. <laughs> Here's the. T- if you're watching, oh. hello. Here's the. Let me point. I watch on the camera. Here is where the hole isn't, <laughs> and here is where the hole is. Uh, very there good. There is more people out there that agree with me than you three Muppets. Oh yes, and we'll see a massive landslide win for the Liberal Party next week, oh. whenever the election is. Uh, anyway, oh. overall oh. rating. An overall Mr. rating. Oh, no, I'm going to derail this podcast. James season can keep me on the tracks. It's not happening. Come on, get my back foot on board, down. mate. We're in America. Want, I don't want you on the tracks. You do you. People We're listen, in America. People are having fun. Your thing. It's it's all fine. We're going to leave that in. So, listener, if you have an issue with it, let right. do let him know. What's wrong with that? Tweet at Campy. <laughs> <laughs> Who overall knows? rating, I yeah, think. Yeah, give us an overall rating. We haven't done that for a bit. With the the broadcast team we had was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. We had Brundle back in, in the booth. That is always good as well. Mm. The race was somewhat exciting. I think we're probably looking at maybe a six, like above a pass mark. Okay, no, not I would... terrible. It's it wasn't revolutionary, let's be honest. But that level of production good. quality needs to be there every weekend. You can tell Liberty was there in full force, right? Like they were there with every camera, every helicopter yes. and drone. Oh. That looked dangerous, by the way. If you the saw drone... any of the drone footage flying under bridges and gantries and things, like many people, you did. They need a faster drone next yeah. time because you go down like to the back straight, and it would be like woo. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, never mind. I can't see yeah. anything anymore. What did you think of Shaq? He Shaq. seems to be everywhere at the moment. He's I mean, he's no LeBron, let's be honest, but... <laughs> that 
account. Stop the podcast. Mm. I know when my Thanks bread's so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shaq's Play us out, Zeke. <laughs> Shaq's, Shaq's been to a fair few Grand Prix before. He, he's been a fan for a while. Yes. He, I, I feel like in other Grands Prix, he's he's, uh, he's been more effectively used. This time, he yeah. went about two meters in his Badalac. Is that what they called it? I don't know. <laughs> he could uh, not care less about Formula One. He he's got a paid, businessman. He got paid big dollars to show up. That's why he's on like our sports bet ads or whatever oh, betting terrible. company Ugh. it is. I don't know. No, it, yeah, it's one of those, and it's it's no good at yes. all. Uh, all right, let's find out who is in Campy's bin. <laughs> It's Campy's bin. <laughs> Every time. It's <laughs> Oscar the Grouch oh. channel. Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, I'm going to put Alonzo in there for that. Oh. Up the backside move of Lance Stroll. What? Wow, I did not expect that take. I really? thought that was that going was, the other that way. Was, that was rookie. You put it on Alonzo. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. I, I did not expect that. That no. is the upset of probably this year, I think, of the podcast. He'll be back out next week. He'll be in there temporarily. He needs to just so you, serve a little 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 weekly sentence, t- I think. Talk <laughs> me through it because the way I see it is he was he was trying to cut the arrow, get as close as possible for flicking himself out to the left and making an overtake yeah. when Lance made a move late, accidental, whatever it is, but made a move towards Alonso. He yeah, was making a move. I think in this day and age, Alonso's coming up behind him. If you go up someone's rear like that, it's more your fault than the other person in front. But he wouldn't have been up his rear if Stroll hadn't moved left. Yeah, but if he was in front of him, he wouldn't have had to do it in the first place. So the logic's like so he's behind him. And he in had Azerbaijan. He, was he it had, Daniel or Max? He had Amp at Azerbaijan. Hmm. 2018. That was completely different. That was under braking. And. No, it was under braking, but mm-hmm. Verstappen made two moves. It was. Verstappen made two moves, okay. and the reason why Danny Rick and just them crashed asking. is because there was no room up the inside. Max didn't leave enough room. Yeah. No, I, um, th- I just think that, I that, just think that was, Alonso's move had already been just, committed to. He's better than that. Can I just mm-hmm. see your key fob? You haven't just suddenly been given an Aston Martin in the last <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> this is very bizarre attitudes and behaviour going I just, on I just here. thought you would... See the issue, and knowing who you are, would love Alonso and don't like Stroll. That so that's shock. why I would have thought I, Stroll was Stroll but had the chance. Independent and does not have these. Stroll no cannot can, be swayed. No one can put him on any kind of track. No. Stroll, rail or otherwise. Stroll had his chance. This was well, what one we used to say one in four <laughs> yeah, races. We're still is, counting. We haven't had the one yet, have we? <laughs> one in whatever it's been since okay. he's been in Aston Martin. This was his one chance. He had good track position. He, he was did. running he on was the podium fast. at one stage. And I think it was just – I thought this is his night to get a result that we've been expecting for a long time. Not that I particularly wanted him to get it, but I just thought it was rookie from Fernando. I thought he's better than that. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. There was more room to the left, but he would mo- he'd moved his car out of the slipstream into space. The space was then taken away from him again. He almost moved it so far into space that he <laughs> – yeah, tried to take off to go took to off. Well, they mentioned the uh, Kovalainen and Weber incident. I'm yeah. shocked that Fernando could even finish that race yeah. and finish where he did. Which you comes know. to the next point, which is that after the fact of the race, there has been a penalty given to Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, and for the, the wing team, mirror. 
Well, just like for that it. car being unsafe to continue to drive, basically. It's a bit crybaby from us, but I kind of get it because they've had the rough end of the stick three or four times this yeah. year with Magnus. Three, they've been black and exactly so the very minor kind the of pumpkin play. I saw someone the fact call it the pumpkin flag. The pumpkin flag, and I'm here yeah. for that. The we'll call it exclusively flag. the Halloween flag. Yes. The fact that race control had to do it after the race says to yep. me that yeah. Get it right. It feels like there's something something should interject during the race while it's unsafe, whereas now it's not unsafe because we're over. Yeah. It defeats the purpose, kind of. My, so, this might be too technical a question and you might not know, but you are our technical alleged guru here. With the Weber incident, the, the different type of philosophy on the car, right, because this is ground effect now compared yeah. to anything else, yep. do you think that because he was he had pitch up for quite a while there that, Pitch up. Do you flap lanes, mate? No. Uh, <laughs> not, at, no not as much as this guy who, who went into a full I know. And I can only be like, uh, oh, yeah, Marabin, uh, Tower, this is, uh, oh, what's the, what's the rego again on this plane? <laughs> I'll just I think, head out I the think I'm left base. I don't know. <laughs> can I just land? I'm just going to land. Bugger the resident. That was the first thing that went through my head listening to you talk about being on the radio to the, on the ATC. Yeah, uh, you'd be like one it, of those Chinese <laughs> pilots rocking into an America and the American guy's going, are you cleared? He's like, yeah, I am. Thank you. I'm cleared. Like, no, <laughs> yes, I'm asking you. a question. <laughs> and the guy's like, thank you. I'm cleared. Good He's like, Good I'm thanks. asking you a question. Good thanks and you. <laughs> Do you think the philosophy is why the car didn't take off? Or is it just uh, a, a very lucky that it... I would suggest Fernando off. got off the gas pretty early. Mm-hmm. And yes, his front end went in the air. Weber's and Kovalainen's was so different. that mm. Weber's car, by the time he'd oh, reacted, terrifying. it was already like... Horizontal so, yeah. anyway, yeah. so it was like a sail, sorry, wasn't vertical, it? not horizontal, mm. just the way. And and once the wind catches it, it's up. I think Fernando got lucky last night that, yeah, that uh, and because there would have been some air that hit and forced it down as well, yep. which is, but it's just super lucky. And yeah. yeah, and yes, a testament to the new regulations or the, this current generation of regulations that the car is strong enough, apart from a wing mirror, to have finished the race oh. without. Like, is he? I mean, he got back. He sounded shaken, but he got back and he started delivering. In his comments after, he thought that his race was over. He was going to just get back and retire <laughs> the car, and they just threw on a new <laughs> nose and some wheels and said, "Get going." Okay, yeah. <laughs> all right then. Yeah. Uh, it would have been really interesting to go to his m- next team to apologise for crashing yeah. the, the, his <laughs> new boss's well, this son is the out. Thing. So they're going to be teammates, Stroll and Alonso. Stroll's really? comments are... Stroll a teammate? Is he even a driver? Uh, this is why I'm so confused about your position. <laughs> just, anyway. It shows up. <laughs> it's just not expected. Hey, I've got to put someone in the bin every week. This is tough. Could have just put <laughs> Stroll in. It would have been easy. <laughs> <laughs> You've had to do some preparation. Unbelievable. Uh, any podcast penalties before we move on to our team by team? Just Zeke nope. being late. Unbelievable. We all arrived at the same time. It was yeah, pretty cute. It was like a boy band arrival. It was. I gotta be honest. I wasn't that. I wasn't late. You weren't late. No, none of us were late. It was just. The but fact I was that certainly you... not early. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you're just here with doing other work and smiling a lot. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's do our team by team analysis. Uh, Alpha Romeo. Now uh, there is the the penalty has been applied to Fernando Alonso, and I have adjusted this. Um, he did come seventh, but he didn't end up doing that. He ended up in fifteenth. But anyway, we're going to start at the very back. Valtteri Bottas. I don't know. Has he even been racing? I haven't uh, seen the guy. Can we just talk about Zach's, Zach Brown's pronunciation? pronunciation yes, of please. Give us it. Botas. That what? 
Look, I'm off Zach Brown completely I after that. That is, that is the last. However, that's the last, that is that the, was last the last straw. straw. We did get some throwback, Carlos. Botas. <laughs> he did. A, Botas is we pretty. We did get quick. a couple of Carlos when he was on the team radio, Botas. which was fun. Yes. And uh, uh, what did he say? Fernando. Fernando. We got both of those, which was, if you're playing along for Zach Brown Do you Zach remember Brown when bingo. we used to really enjoy that? Yeah, I don't like we it like, we, we liked Lando. We liked Zach. How oh, things change. He's uh, probably from California. Joe, he, in 11th, um, had a pretty good outing. He seems to be having a lot better luck than Valtteri in this car. Now, they brought some upgrades, I understand, to Japan. They didn't have an opportunity to, like, properly test them because... It was Japan and it was very wet. So this was the first time they made it look pretty good. And it looked pretty good. Uh, Bottas had a great start to the race. And he qualified in 10th. Yeah. He had a great start until that incident with Sergio, I think it was. Yeah, he got caught up in the... Sergio kind of just snaked him on the inside and VB just kind of pulled out and sacrificed a few positions. Shame for VB. Yeah, I mean, it's just turning into a bit of a nothing season for him, which... Reminds me a bit of Raikkonen's career at Elton. Yeah. The first half of his yeah. first year was excellent. And Bottas yep. was driving Sad really boys. well. Yeah, just tape it off, which is a shame. Uh, that's not indicative of VB, though. That's, no. That's car It's related. just the pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, not his pace, the car's ability. Uh, Williams. Nick Latifi. At this point, dude, turn around and just drive the other direction on the grid in Abu Dhabi. Please. Go full F1 2022 <laughs> lobby. And in the last race, just drive the other direction and cause any kind of absolute mayhem that you can. Be safe about it. Don't injure anyone. But, you know, just for everyone's lull effect, do that. Because 17th, I mean, at one point the Daniel was behind him yeah. for a bit. Uh, 17th, not great. Uh, Alex Albon in, in 12th. Albon seems to be able to extract a little bit more pace out of the car each weekend, don't you think, Zeke? But <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> Tommy T, would you like to as you were leaning on the mic as well, exactly. so that'll be captured. Uh, <laughs> d- Zeke, discuss. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, sorry, I asked him a question. Oh, sorry, Don't Zeke. be rude. Mm. <clears throat> anyway. That's a great point. What did you think about <laughs> his uh blonde hair this week? Oh yes. So Alex's partner is a professional golfer and she was there in the paddock doing some golf things, beating every F1 driver at long drive, which is hilarious because she's tiny. She's Mm. tiny compared to all of them who are Mm. big, strong uh, racing drivers and they still couldn't drive that well. She's got the Midas touch. It is true. But she's mm. she's an excellent golfer too. Mm, but geez. very funny that Alex posted, why is my girlfriend here in my paddock playing her sport and beating me at it? <laughs> excellent content. <laughs> uh, she's with a modern day hair. woman. With blonde hair. With blonde hair. Uh, I didn't see Italiano look. got was a it, really good drive. Was it or was it that shitty orange? That... I know, it was like a platinum blonde, man. It, it was probably. white blonde. Damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah Albano. Albano. Yeah. Uh, he seems to be having a, a reasonably good time considering he almost died. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, here we go. Here we know everyone. All right. Almost died. Yep. How close to death was he? Well, he was on life support. Yeah. Really? Usually, life Re- support means Re- <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no prep. I'm moving on. Alpha Tauri. Pierre Gasly uh, complained a lot. He is now he's in the villain era of Alpha Tauri. He's calling them out for being useless. Yeah. Hilarious to listen to. Um, and uh, Yuki Sonoda promoted from tenth into ninth because of Fernando Alonso. Good points haul for him. Uh, Where'd Gasly finish up? He ended up in thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's an honest reaction. <laughs> he was complaining about the brakes and has been for the last three races, hasn't he? There is something fundamentally wrong that he does not like he's, about the And he's doing system. it publicly now. Yeah, he's not pulling his punches. He is letting it known. Yeah, which yeah. is great. I mean, it's, he's obviously been in that Red Bull family not knowing what his future has been for a long time. Now he knows he's going to Alpine, as you say, pulling punches. Mm. Let's go. You guys suck. Sort this out. Every time this happens, stuff yeah. like that, which I think is hilarious. says something about the organisation that he's driving for. He is in basically the sister team to the best car we've ever seen in F1. Right. And he's got no prospects of getting into it. Well. It's a bit of a bit of a kick in the uh, but even just the, the old backside for your career, isn't it? No just, chance of getting in the top car. That's what that organisation that produces that car says to him. There's no chance of getting into it. Yeah. Says what they think about him. But isn't it funny that that car in previous generations has been so much closer to the top team? For years there, it was maybe like two kind of constructors down. Now it is like legitimately a completely different constructor in the midfield, nowhere yep. near, doesn't share any resemblance really to that that nope. top Red Bull, which is categorically the best car that Newey has designed. Yep. It it seems like we should go back to being a, a junior team than being a, a sister, which doesn't kind of benefit from all of the upgrades and all of the things that you're learning from the top team. However, I don't know if that is even possible anymore with the new Well, I was going to say, I think with legalities. the new regulations, it's very difficult for them to share as many parts as they did last year. Yes. Um, and the year before, let's not forget his win with Alpha Tauri at Monza. Um, and he was holding yeah. off that McLaren of colour signs right down to the wire. So yep. uh, anyway, Yuki Sonoda, though, he was behind Gasly for a bit there and was told that he wasn't allowed to race his teammate. And Yuki was like, hey. Don't care. He's not here next year. Why hey, do we care? Why Why are you not preferencing me? This is before the um, penalty. Sorry. And this is, I think, they pit him to serve a five-second penalty and then they didn't do it properly, so they had to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you stuff that up? I just don't understand. I like. I know there's lots of things going on and, you know, but just have a stopwatch and a, and a bloke. I, I don't know. The Red Bull team wasn't much better at pit stops were they, this week. But oh, we'll Martin. Basically, anyone who's trying to copy the Red Bull car sucked at pit stops this weekend. Uh, let's talk about Haas. As we mentioned earlier, they protested uh, both Perez's and Alonso's result because, let's not forget, Perez had a front-end plate that disappeared and, and almost collected into the car next to him. I think it was Lando Norris that he was passing, mm-hmm. which is pretty dangerous. Lando was in the wars, wasn't he? Yeah, poor bloke. Like, legitimately, all he was doing was avoiding debris for most of the time. But So Haas um, protested his result and Fernando Alonso. So Alonso's right uh, wing mirror came off. Again, under a heavy load, that would have, if someone was behind, pretty dangerous. We think about the spring incident, Felipe Massa and all that sort of when stuff. Who happened? Uh, can't was remember. He was in the slipstream, pulled out. He, yeah, he, he was. It it, yeah, off, yeah. It, the, the difference with the aerodynamic load, which is hilarious. But um, because for Paul K Mag, and this is why I think it's absolutely fair enough that Gunter gets in there and goes, yep. hang on, guys, you. you the front end plate of K-Mag's car was not going anywhere anytime soon. In fact, did more laps than Sergio's did before it yeeted itself off in almost into somebody else. Mm-hmm. So why are you not doing that? So fair yeah. enough. Um, it's a shame for Alonso because what a drive to get back. Unbelievable drive. Considering he was almost taking off. Uh, anyway, is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. K-Mag, though, eighth. Great result. He was running fourth at one star, fifth at one stage. One stop. Great yeah, race. Only work. car on Let's one Let's quickly talk about this. Made it work. Why the hell aren't we doing this with McLaren and Daniel on alternative strategies? Because We've been asking for this forever. 
if you do not have the pace, if you do not have the competitive advantage, why don't you try something different and unique? Go against the grain, oh. wait for a safety car, play some luck, which is what Williams did so well and we praised them for. This is this is insanely frustrating that we we know Daniel is a better driver than K-Mag. We know that that car is better than that Haas, yet McLaren keep making stupid decisions and putting Daniel in stupid spots. Danny Rick, last night. Do you want to move on to Clarina, though, next? Or? They're not, no, but we... We might as well talk about them now. We'll skip them. Is that all right? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We will get yeah, there. Yeah, no, no. Um, Danny Rick pitted early last night because he wanted to try and get the undercut. Had a really good start, yep. you know, into 13th. Pitted early. Um, and his tyres went probably 10 laps earlier than they should have anyway. But then the second and third pit stop, when they pitted him, he he pitted just before the next two safety cars come out as well. So he had no advantage, lost track position on all the cars that were getting into him. But oh, they're just they're so reactive at McLaren at the moment. They stuffed up Lando's. I mean, Lando got the better end of the stick because he general, generally pits after Danny Rick. But they're just so conservative in the in the way that they go about their race strategy. And mm. ultimately, Lando got really lucky to finish where he was last night because I think it was after his uh, first pit stop in that second stint, he dropped back from 8th to like 13th and 14th. And if it wasn't yep. for that, if it wasn't for that last safety car and pit stop that uh, that he did under that, he he would have he would have been right back in that 13th, 14th, 15th where Danny Rick ended up. And uh, he got lucky last night. But, geez, it's bloody tough to watch on with you, Tommy. It's can't, so tough. Even at Japan last week, we're all talking about it. We're all thinking it's like, don't start the race on the hards, pull into the pit, you know, get on the... Do something different. Do something yeah, different. Would have, would have put him on the podium and made his... Uh, it's such an easy decision at this stage of the year. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get those opportunities but what if they with got the races we've got left. Is the argument. So he's on this strategy. He's not going to get in the points. There's no way that this strategy nets points. Uh, it's super conservative and just They've put a boring. limiter in that mode, I swear on my life. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way that Danny Rick can lose that much race pace over a stint. Because he's not driving. There is something fundamentally wrong with that car and the way that the yeah. tyres are working. Put a block opinion. of wood under his accelerator or something. So <laughs> <laughs> They're not even going to put the software on it. They're just going to do physical hardware. Uh, let's listen to DR's post-race thoughts. We can greet each other and then we can say bye. That's about it. The, the in-between is, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea what to say. We're, it's... I mean, it's not, it's honestly, it's 2022. It's been the year that it's been just uh, so far off the pace that it's, I simply can't, uh, can't lean on it, can't push, can't get the time out of it. It's, uh, yeah, also the inconsistency through the lap times. It's, uh, it shows that it really is a struggle, but to have such a big margin again, it's, um, remains a mystery. So, yeah, not, uh, I love Texas, I love Austin, but that race itself for me was uh, not enjoyable. I mean, you've had tough times this year, but you've, you've managed to like try and make the best of it. But t- t- today, it's never been this bad, I don't think. This no, year. that's. I think, yeah, like when you think it can't get worse, uh, it does. So that's where I, oh, I don't know. I don't know how I'm continuing to continue because uh, it's painful in understatement. I love Dean. Thank you. Such a hard thing to listen to, isn't it? And that's why I wanted to play that for you and for you to react to it because it is 
It is soul-destroying. And, look, we started this podcast with On The Tin, you know, Daniel Ricciardo biased, and we firmly believe he is not washed. We firmly believe it is the car's problem, McLaren's problem. Zach if you have Brown's a different problem. opinion, that's absolutely fine. Like, but honestly, it's, well, I mean, you are, but it's absolutely <laughs> fine. But for us, as we are big DR fans, you and I were talking about F1 well before we started doing this and, and the – we would get excited every time we saw each other to talk about what Daniel was doing, that Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, and it has come so far that it becomes very difficult. And I know, because I look at all the statistics for the show, I know there's a whole stack of you who have not listened to the podcast probably for a while or watched the podcast for a while. And if you've come back, it's great to have you back. But if you leave until next year, I also don't blame you because it's from a, an Australian and a DR fan point of view that we branded ourselves absolutely and we still are it becomes very difficult to not only watch that, but you listen to him and you can tell that he is absolutely shattered. You know, the the smiley, go happy, go lucky kind of DR that, yeah, when he got to Texas and he did some content with Lando at the beginning of the, of the weekend with F1 and it was awesome. Like it was genuinely pretty good. Both of them together seemingly having a great time um, and it's well worth a watch on F1's uh, official channels. And that was Lawrence Barreto from Formula One talking to Daniel after the race as well. So what, what do you think? Just reflect on that, Campy. What do you think in terms of where he's at? Oh, it's a tough slog. Look, I think, I think his time at McLaren, other than the race win, which was the jewel in... You know, what's otherwise been a pretty shitty couple of years, results-wise. I, yeah, I mean, people fail all the time. People make mistakes, but it's what happens after that. He has set himself up in the right position. We know what the guy's capable of. We know what that guy can do in the wet around Monaco in 2016 when his engine put like when they stuffed up that pit stop. Not even Max Verstappen could touch him that year. Like, no one was close to his race pace on slicks on a wet course was unbelievable. I don't think he's lost that. I don't think – I think that same drive is in there. We've changed the car philosophies, but I don't think – I don't think that pace deficit we've seen this year is, is him losing a couple of tenths here and there. I think there is something fundamentally wrong with the style and the, the drivability of the car and him and Lando's as well. But what I was trying to get at, the failure that he's had will set him up for some in the future to to get results that he wants. And I'd, it, it's not his last part in the sport. He'll get drives next year. There'll something will happen. He'll still get race wins, but he set himself up so that he'll get into at least a top three car on the grid in the future. And uh, someone will take a punt with him. His stocks will go up next year because we realise how shit some of these new drivers are. And uh, yeah, it's, but as a fan, tough to watch, tough to listen to. We we were talking about how much we can't stand watching F one at times at the moment. We touched on it last week, Tommy. Mm-hmm. It is bloody tough when your boys doing this badly. Yeah. And uh, it's not a personality thing. Everyone on the grid loves him. Mm-hmm. The team thinks he's the best dude ever, they, and they are open about that. But I, I can't – we've tried to explain the pace deficit between him and Lando at times, and I don't think it's because Lando's a better driver. I just think Lando's been in this car, and it's the only car he's ever driven, you know. Yeah. But he'll pick himself up. He'll be right. He'll have a, he'll have a six-month break with no pressure and come back and be better than ever. I think it's just evident that you can see the Gasly reaction when you're about to leave and you're not going to be around next year. And the 
openly complaining and raging about things that aren't right. But then you've got Daniel there clearly biting his tongue and trying to remain positive as he possibly can after one of the more devastating weekends, I'm sure, in his favourite place with one of the worst races he's probably been in. Like, the character of that person is unbelievable and that's why we like Daniel, other than his ability to drive a car, his ability to do all these other things. It is because his character as a human being is someone you want to root for and love watching. Mm. Yeah, it, it is both well said, very well said. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> it is It is going to be one of those things that, and look, again, you might have a different opinion. That's fine. As Campy said, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> one of the reasons that we started this is, is because no one was talking about Daniel enough about how good he is in a car and mm. what he's done. So it's a shame. One thing I will say, and um, I think I mentioned this on, on Freya's pod as well, is that Pirelli are with a new the tire test they did over the weekend as well. They are trying to figure out a front tire compound that is less understeer happy than what is currently being driven on. So from what I also understand with Daniel's career, considering he's been around the sport for quite a while, the way the tires have gone is that they haven't necessarily gone in a direction that he has been happy with. Now, of course, you're not as probably not going to make a tire for one driver, but it's just a contributing factor as things have gone along. And he even said in that interview with the race, um, and again, it's it's well worth it. The race sometimes I you know sort of shy away from, but search it. Just Google the race, Daniel Ricciardo interview. It's a long-form written content. And in it, he said, you know, I just – I cannot understand the car. I'm thinking about every section of the corner each time I'm going around the same corner. And it's performing – the performance is different the next lap. Mm. And then the performance is different again the next lap. So he's never comfortable. He's always having to think and everything else. Whereas you see Max and, you know, Lewis traditionally. But again, with the Red Bull, he was. Was it a mistake that he left Red Bull? Well, I mean, who knows, right? You slide indoors moment, whatever else. Yep. Renault, he still he he brought that car into his own. Yep. And he absolutely lit that thing up. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, he was putting it in places where he had no right to be in a Renault compared yep. to the Ferraris, especially in the the uh, the power unit. Um, the coming out of the the power unit issues yeah. that they that Ferrari had and the dominance that they were still trying to seek compared to Mercedes, yeah. the attitude. Um, Red Bull as well, still trying their best in Mercedes. The fact he's getting podiums in it, Renault is awesome. And yeah, 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 you're totally right. That first year he he fended off Hulkenberg in a car that he struggled with. The second year was up. That second year against Ocon was unbelievable. Yeah. The results he got. And he hasn't – I don't think he's missed it. I don't. He would go – he did laps in Monaco last year and he's like, yeah, that was good on the edge. And the team's like, no, he was six-tenths off it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Mm. You know, just that – that's the reception of the car. But interesting too is he did P2 on Friday and – his qualifying time was only four tenths better than his P2 result, which says something as well. What the fucking hell is going on here? <laughs> you danced around it. You really, thought about it anyway. Really, really you're still well. committed. Yeah, what <laughs> is going? What is going on with that car and that McLaren organisation? I don't think they're as good as what we think they are. So, as you said in last week's episode, it is important as this podcast says goodbye to Daniel and full-time race seat for next year to turn our very rightly our attention to Oscar. Um, and I can't remember who, which one of you said, you know, are we going to, I think it was you, are we going to like McLaren again, Campy? And I think one of the things that Drive to Survive has shown is that people are becoming bigger fans of individual drivers more so than traditionally they were teams. Yep. Um, and Seb Vettel's a good example of that. 
How good was Seb Vettel? Let's talk now about Sebastian Vettel, seventh. Yep. Oh, the drive. With Unbelievable. A, with a 16-second pit stop too. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Just Aston Martin were on it. Yep. That start by Stroll, 1 to 100, absolutely. Couldn't yep. see it all the way through, fine. Uh, but for Vettel, with a terrible pit stop, and oh. again, listen to the team radio if you haven't yet, uh, listener, at the end of the race, Seb's like, don't worry about the pit stop, you know, shit happens, we'll get over, like, so long as we learn from it, that's all I really care about. He's the best. Which is such a genuinely thing to say. I mean, in 2013, he would have absolutely roasted everyone oh. in his <laughs> grid square. He would have lost a nuke from them. <laughs> But anyway, it's it is how how drivers should be, um, and yeah, Aston Martin looked good for the first time. Yep. I was thinking to myself, "Geez, maybe Fernando was shown something that mm. no one else has known as, as, as a reason to go to that outfit." The, the stolen Red Bulls <laughs> design plan. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I think the thing is, you're going to want the consistency from Aston Martin because we've seen things. This pit stops an anomaly. It's kind of one of those random ones. But there's yeah. been other things that, were, as a team, they haven't supported Seb well throughout this year and haven't supported Stroll. I think that's the one thing lacking and it's been evident at Alpine too. Alonso's had some unfortunate luck and some team stuff ups. What he's going to want is just consistency. Just turn up, do a good job, be mediocre within that, but don't cost me races, don't cost me positions is all he's going to ask. Oh, there was a race a couple of races ago. Where was it? It wasn't Japan, it wasn't Singapore, it was before that. Yes. Where they had a really good rules like, and I put yeah, and we put it down to oh no, this is track track specific for that car. Oh but yes, they've yeah. come back again this yeah. weekend. They were right on it this week. No, that car looked very competitive. Stroll was excellent. He had really good qualifying. He was good through all practice sessions that he participated in. I think Mercedes has made some gains in the engine department as well. So you're just taking all the credit away from what we've just said and giving it to someone else. Thank you for that. That's really... <laughs> well, I'm joking. Mercedes brought a front wing that wasn't legal. They left it on the rack anyway, which I think is hilarious. Anyway, the point is, Aston Martin, very tidy result from them for Seb. Uh, of course, we don't know what Stroll could have done, but potentially he would have been in that sort of top uh, eight as well, considering. Uh, let's look at Alpine. They're kind of out of position here but now because of Fernando, but uh, demoted from 7th to 15th. Esteban Ocon then promoted into the points in 10th. Congratulations, you get one. Ocon had a horrific qualifying, and unlike McLaren, Alpine went, oh, there's a good opportunity just to change a lot of stuff in his car because yeah. he's already at the back of the grid, oh. uh, Daniel. So, I mean, for, for them it was They'd fair enough. They'd be making Danny Rick pay for new engines at the moment, I reckon. <laughs> Yeah, you want a new power unit, mate, or you can just take it off the. You are qualified your team, mate. You're going to take an engine today. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but uh, but Alpine, <laughs> <laughs> you liked that one. That was good. Oh, he's the happy. Slow, the slow, oh. rolling clap thunder of laughter and Campy. <laughs> he's back, realizing Here something and then enjoying it. I miss you, mate. <laughs> Welcome back, mate. Where have you been? Oh, I've just been grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Too much campaigning. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's great to have you back, Camby. Welcome. Um, this is, and that's that's the beginning of the podcast. Welcome to this episode. <laughs> Let's go back to the top. Uh, yeah. So Alpine, look, uh, Fernando. It was a great, uh, such a good result for whoever, whatever side of the fence that you think you're on in terms of whose fault it was. The fact that he got that car back to the pits and yep. then put it into seventh and had some very, very good battles 
for that rest of that period. But was even the phenomenal. mindset of like getting that car back to the pits and like, okay, my race is over, mm. winding down, I'm just getting back safely. And then they're like, no, you're going again and just switching your brain back on into race mode. Like, where am I? What position am I? How many laps are left to go? What tires am I on? Yeah. It'd be just like getting woken up in the middle of a Formula One race, basically, and like continue. Mm. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And he just turned it turned it on and got into the points again, deep in the points. Yes. Only to be thrown back to the bottom. Let's talk about Zeke's only knowledge subject, which is Ferrari when it comes to Formula One. <laughs> our expert, our resident. The Enzo. Uh, <laughs> Campy, Carlos Sainz got yeeted around oh, in the whole thing by genuine, George Russell. Genuinely gutted for Carlos. He gets Carlos. pole. Carlos oh. gets pole, smashes it, deserves it. Hair being blown around Beautiful. still looks mm, oh. fantastic. I can only dream. Spanish God. <laughs> you can, yeah. <laughs> we Zeke, should too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zeke having to do a little more dreaming than you, to be fair. A little deeper in the layers of inception. Uh, I'm not far off, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a week? Uh, but, like, as, uh. as um, Martin Brundle said, if. Carlos Sainz didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all, which that is such a brutal saying. Yeah. I ju- I'm just so heartbroken for this dude, yeah. Campy. Oh, got it, got it. I think it was Brookie by uh, Russell, actually. Yes. Just, I can see how it happened, though. He went deep, he hit the apex, and just the angles on that corner. It's just, uh, you see it every year. Every year. You see year, every yep. year something like that happened. But for lap one and to Carlos. <laughs> to the pole sitter. I don't think he had the – I don't think Ferrari probably had the pace. But, no. Jeez, uh, it was tough. I was like, you've got to be kidding. At least get in and the way the race panned out, he may have had a chance to get some points yeah. and get back in it. But, no, it was terminal. Just well, sit it out. Looking at how like, Leclerc ran, that car had pace. He would have been able to keep up with Max if he was sitting in second. Yeah, well, He had a terrible start off the line, but he would have been able to maintain second if he wasn't taken out. Interesting would have been could they could they hold up a Verstappen or a Hamilton because what I think we saw mm. this weekend was passing wasn't as abundant as it has been in uh, yep. in previous races at this track, I think. I think the way that Hamilton held off Max for a long time suggests yeah. that there's a bit of consistency in the in the speed across the teams and the pace, um, and they weren't getting out to massive margins. But then again, Max was Max. So. Would have been but interesting. Gutted for Carlos. Hey, look, a good drive too. Got a great drive. Dude, really no business being where he was in third, but he had some magnificent. Passes. Yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, I think the strategy too. The commentator said it well. Yes, the championship's over. Gloves, gloves are off. He doesn't care about second as much as he cared about first. Like, yeah, we can talk about he's competing for the second place, and he doesn't give a crap. He wants to win a race. Like that is what he's there for. Get pole, win races. What did Brundle say? Plan F for fabulous, (laughs) 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 fabulous result. Oh, they got to have it occasionally because I mean now it's so demoralising. I imagine because this is the other thing, right? You, you, we're talking about driver markets and thinking where people are going and, you know, the sliding doors moments of where people have been in their career and whatnot. But as Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, at what point do you realise you're never winning a world championship with Ferrari and how do you get out of that organisation without doing the Rubens Barrichello, Sebastian Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen era of, well, see you, mate. Williams yeah. is over there. 
you know, Felipe Massa. You get lucky like a Sergio Perez and 15 oh. years into your career, you finally get a shot. But he didn't go to the top. Wasn't, I mean, he was a yeah. McLaren for a very short period, but I'm just talking like Ferrari is Ferrari. You don't yeah. say no to Ferrari when Not they many people go calling, from Ferrari right? to another top team. They no. usually fall backwards. It's, right. so it's Red Bull to Ferrari. This is yeah. his fourth year in Ferrari? Leclerc? Leclerc? Yeah. Uh, yep. At what point does Ferrari start doing what they did to Alonso and Vettel because they are not getting them the results. I don't think it's Leclerc that's not getting the results. I agree. The problem, I think, and it's nothing to do with Carlos's pace, it is the pure bad... He is the Valtteri Bottas of that team at the moment in terms of just sucking all of the bad luck. Yep. Out of the out of the way of Charles and putting into his car because and he is deflated. Six DNFs for every this year. week. I mean, he said on the radio as well. I told you I could do it. Now I told you I can do it means there's already conversations yeah. going on about his pace. Yeah. His pace hasn't been far off his teammate. His luck has been the the factor that is. And last year he was faster than Charles. Yep. He had moments. In previous generation, that guy is so unlucky, and things like this that get taken out. He gets taken out in when he's got opportunities to perform. He doesn't get taken out when he's already at the back or something. I'm just saying it's a politics behind closed doors. but I don't think Ferrari could be disappointed with either of those drivers. I think Ferrari has. Oh, they will be though. (laughs) But Ferrari has disappointed those drivers more than the other. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I just Ferrari's been the one that's been failing because. Mm, you know, Sorry, I Zeke. just I just don't know whether or not. Come on, Zeke. It's fine. It's fine. I know it's. Come on, I will go for the driving the Enzo later or, yeah, or, the, or the F40. <laughs> but what happens in 2024, 2025 when these guys haven't delivered world championships? You can do all the reviews and they'll say, "Oh, we don't. We think we're going to go to another direction." These these guys have the pace to win a world championship if Ferrari delivers them car. But all their reviews should say we're up against an Adrian newly designed Red Bull yep. car with the best driver that we've probably seen in a generation who's probably going to be the best, the greatest of all time when he finishes. That's the reason we're not winning championships. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it cuts guys like, it cuts guys like Leclerc and Carlos, these you know top-of-the-top talents that aren't getting the job done, and they'll have careers a bit like Danny Rick did where up thus far where all the pace, right place, wrong time. Yeah, uh, exactly. Sorry. Wrong right place. place. Right place. Wrong, wrong right time. You're time. right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what Ferrari I mean? is the right place. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. not right now. And it was, but mm. it's only really been the right place by accident with Kimi. Mm. Yeah. And that was an accident because he yep. wasn't the favourite to win that championship at the end of that race. Well, yeah, totally. Like, oh, I'm yeah. the champion. Whoops. Oh, yeah. I'm the champion. Hamilton should have oh. had. <laughs> Hamilton should have won that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But you, I know I agree. But you can say right place, wrong time, wrong place, right time because yeah. it is it is the same, the same for that thing. team. Yep. But the thing is, either Ferrari then pissed them off or they pissed Ferrari off. And it would be a power move for one of them to leave Ferrari and say, you haven't delivered, mm. see you later. And it would only be that second Red Bull seat. And I, if I was Carlos, I'd be trying to warm that Red Bull pool to Or again. if Hamilton does leave. Well, sure, that's they're where... both young enough to do that. But I reckon Charles has got a better chance at... That's where someone like Lando is probably in the best position to take over one of those drives because yeah. yep. he's performing well in a relatively shit car, and when they decide to make yep. the change, they're the logical. He's the logical choice. It's the nicest thing you've ever said about Lando. I'm proud of you. I actually quite. I felt myself really liking Lando this weekend. Again, go back and watch the content with DR. It's because you want to wear your merch. I get it. That's fine. Yeah, no. I looked at that T-shirt the other day and went, well, I'm never wearing this again. <laughs> I bought us merch. And the hat. Uh, Mercedes. Let's talk about Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton ending up in second. I love, I loved Sky's like, it's going to happen. He's going to win. Uh, where all of us in there going, no, he's not. 
It's just Max is, is just only a matter of time until Max Verstappen overtakes it. Death taxes Crofty and Max Verstappen. would not help himself. It, it, I just made it, it made it better, made the whole overtake better for me, just how deflated Crofty was as a result hey, of The him. last 20 laps of this Grand Prix was excellent. Yeah, yeah. It made the race somewhat enjoyable. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> that, um, was, that was an excellent. We had everything going on. Verstappen struggled to get past Leclerc, and yep, yep. you know he stuffed up his pit stop. Yep. Hamilton should have probably run away with it. He would have run away with it in yesteryear, and even he he was looking good with you know maybe six laps to go. And I mean, Verstappen but nice part. to see Hamilton with the tools again to fight. Because at the start of the season, it was nowhere near. So right, he's so much closer to having a comparable totally. battle again yeah. with driver talent based on not just a deficit of car quality. Yeah, Hamilton's had some bad luck since uh, since Spa this year. Mm-hmm. Like Mercedes have had some bad luck with just strange. VB left. He, he t- <laughs> they're going to want to pin it. <laughs> on yeah, him, exactly. Russell is, yeah, is apparently the up and comer. So you can't. I like seeing Hamilton back up. I like seeing that Hamilton. Verstappen battle again. Yeah, yeah. That, that was excellent. Hamilton's working his ass off to get this. Yep. To get oh. another race win. And yep, totally. and it is good to see. I never thought I'd ever say that, but here we are. Like, it, it is – we're now in the Max Verstappen dominance era. That's classic Australian tour probably. Well, we can't have that. No, no stop that. Oi. No more dominance. Piss off. Yeah, you've yeah. been too good. Back to the grid. Go to Alpha Tauri. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's good to see, though, that, yeah, as you said, Hamilton's getting up. It's good to be on the podium. George admitted he had a terrible – race after spinning Carlos around and he had some damage as well. He ended up in fifth. Now Red Bull, constructors for the first time since their time with Sebastian Vettel. It's a big moment, as we said at the top of the podcast. Sadly, Dietrich is not here to witness it, but Perez finishing in fourth, Max Verstappen winning. No real surprises at uh, at Max winning this result. But uh, in terms of a dominance of team, they certainly seem like they are going to be the ones being able to build a little bit of a gap rather than being chased down like we've seen yeah, in the last if, year. If they keep over, overspending and breaking the cap, of course they can keep winning. Well, yes. <laughs> well, this is what good catering does, apparently. It feeds yeah. it feeds the mind, which means they can do something. But, but now it comes out they had a 5% sort of leeway. Rounding there, error. Rounding, no. The teams... <laughs> the teams no. 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 <laughs> The, the problem with the overspend and how it was calculated was in parts that they had already on stock in shelves and how they were allocated. Now, the reason they've gone over budget was because the FIA made some clarifications nine months into the season last year. <laughs> no way. About what the stock and what these what the things, value was. what the value was yeah. there for when they submitted all their paperwork. At least they were honest about it. So let's And for only to be 5% in, with, uh, give me a break. It's all bullshit. So... <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. This is a long, it is a long sting. One. Thank this you for is, that. This is the short version. Oh, this is, oh, great. Can you play the long version? Don't have it. Oh. Don't have it loaded. Load it next week. Anyway, right. can we use a real-world example? <laughs> A real-world example. So this is so Campy. Campy's a doomsday prepper and has a wall full of baked beans. He's bought these baked beans over many, many years. But what's Info happened is the government... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but the baked beans value has now been dictated nine months into the season and that's why he's been caught out because someone's telling him his baked beans are worth more than they are. Frustrating, hey? That makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get in your doomsday prepper, let's be honest. <laughs> That's a podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>
when you <laughs> rock up at my front door, I'll be like, no way, boys. Catch you later. You got space. Come on. Okay. You've got space for me. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, but oh, the whole thing's just a farce. It is. To change a oh. regulation nine months, it is pretty ridiculous and assign a new value to something that already exists and was paid for. Oh, dear. And Look, built in the previous and year. And built for, yeah. <laughs> As Frey said, we're already all over, over talking about it. It'll come out when it comes out. Uh, at this point, they're still world champions and good on them, really, at this, you know, catering. Does it really add value oh. to how fast the car is? Why does really? catering go into you? It doesn't seem like it should be a part of that cost cap, does it? All right, moving on. Well, we're moving on to quite literally nothing because... Can we talk uh, about the... Sergio? Oh, yeah, we can talk about Sergio before we, we wrap this on up. Do we need to question his pace? I'm putting it out there because I just think that, you know, Danny Rick's been announced as the reserve driver for next year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Hang now on, we need... So Campy wants to know, is he getting a drive? Like, now yeah, we need to start yeah, scheming and changing this is public the opinion. <laughs> this about, is his notes. He's prepared. We need, start, <laughs> yes. we need to start changing public opinion in Australia about Sergio Perez and his lack right. of pace. Uh, okay. And I'm going to compare enough. him to the Russian, Kvyat. I'm going to compare him to Albon and Gasly. Gasly was so quick, though. <laughs> Look, Perez is just another one of those in those class of drivers. So. Okay. But this Let's is something that we've that. talked about no, since. He was, I don't, look, he has these one race, one-off races where he gets a win, and it's good for his confidence and great yep. in Singapore. Did he really have the pace that compared to his teammate? Absolutely not. Since Max made <laughs> mistakes and he capitalised in those things. But yes. I don't think he had the pace last night. I don't think he's so far behind where Red Bull want him to be and should be that his position should be up for grabs. Okay. But well, they can't drop him back to the junior team because that's his uh, – well, sorry, he couldn't be replaced by Gasly in the junior team. That, that was his uh, – Well, that's not an issue anymore, is it? Well, let's, Since... let's be clear. Logan Sargent <laughs> and Yuki Sonoda aren't getting the drive no. in the top car next year, so – Let's hope Perez gets injured and Red Bull take Danny Rick next year, race one, through to six. Danny Rick wins six on the trot, and then they say, get out, Perez, sit for the year and win a world championship. Bring it on. Just choose one. Just there it is. Any sting. <laughs> Jeepers. We can dream, can't we? <laughs> Since, the, Since the inception of this podcast, we've talked about Max Verstappen's teammates and how they have not been anywhere close. Yeah. Nothing's new. That, I think that's a Max thing, that Max is unbelievable and is building a pace difference over teammates. What I would say is the best that there has been has been Sergio for his ability to work with alternate strategies, to yes. protect tyres, to do all these other things and capitalise on those opportunities when Max can't. The other three you mentioned weren't able to do that and were often found to be 6th, 7th, 8th and just way further back than they yeah, should. But, Whereas but, I think Perez has always been consistently one or two spots where, within where he should be every race. Let's compare him to Albon. Albon probably should have had two two race wins in that organisation if it wasn't for Lewis Hamilton taking him out. Yeah. And we may be having the same conversation about Albon as we're having now to Perez because he got good luck in some circumstances. So mm. I think the argument's flawed there, Tommy. <laughs> Is it, though? <laughs> He's just decided. <laughs> uh, good. Well, look. I'm trying to get Danny Rick back into a world championship. <laughs> oh, okay, car. yes. All right? I'm trying to get everyone on board with me. He told me he appreciates it. <laughs> yeah. He's got a text just now. Oh, yeah, good. Thanks. Good guy. Thanks, DR. Yeah. Well, look, that's it. Um, the, fantasy, the whole fantasy server thing is broken. Uh, so yeah. I can't see any names. I it's can't amazing. see anything. The whole thing. Hey, is, Liberty, how about be better? Is, uh, it is the worst developed oh, website. Make an app. In the entire world. Morons.
It's terrible. Damn. Anyway, so I apologise. Uh, I will try and find some names uh, if it works again between now and next week. But uh, looking ahead, we're going to Mexico, which is very exciting. Um, not really. I, I like the yeah, Mexico I like track. it too. I'm just oh, okay, just not more. excited. Yeah, okay, good. Wow. Is that he, next he just likes Austin, let's be honest. Like, yeah. Nothing is that that Yeah. Got an Austin tart. Yeah. Yeah. You've got an Austin tart. Yeah. Do you actually? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. This is we're now really into the depths of good podcasting at eleven minutes past the hour of uh, of how long this episode has gone for. But that is it for this episode. As I say, the Mexican Grand Prix is coming up. Uh, look, because other stuff has been going on with Campy, unfortunately, a um, a Sunday session has been a little bit hard to do. So what we're just going to do for the rest of the year is Freya will do a Friday. We're going to do a uh, a Monday recorded Tuesday release for you. If there's something that's going on, Cappy can jump on and do it um, when he can. But he's got some really cool and important stuff going on in his own personal life at the moment. So we'll we'll see what goes on in that space in a couple of weeks. But, uh, hey, if you enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. Don't have to. Um, if you don't want to subscribe to YouTube, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, Did you get some shit online, did you? No, just because of you. You were like, <laughs> I'm ragging on him. You know what? Look, I have decided that this is... a great is, gag, was it? <laughs> To be honest, I it's hadn't funny. listened to the they whole way, to the whole thing, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then I had to re-go back and listen to it again. <laughs> so there you go. Do what you want, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Do it out of spite of James now. See you next week. <laughs>